0: Welcome to the Unicorn Entrepreneur, the podcast that teaches women entrepreneurs how to create a business that earns more money. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury-Brown, attorney, wife, French bulldog mom, beach bum, and owner of a multiple six-figure business. And I'm excited to teach you how to become a unicorn entrepreneur. This podcast is for you if you have a business or want to start a business and want to learn the tricks and tools to get your first client, your first six figures, and so much more than that. If you want more money and more satisfaction, you're in the right place. Pull up your seat. Let's go get them, unicorns. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm just gonna jump right in. Now, someone asked me why I started this podcast, and I had to really think about it. And my answer to that person was I want my life to be an example of what is possible. This podcast is dedicated to all the brown girls from Brooklyn who have big dreams and high standards, to all the women. Who heads are sore from trying to crack that glass ceiling to all the moms out there who are being mom-shamed for having dreams and going after your dreams, for all my beautiful unicorns who don't fit into anybody's box and are unapologetically bossing up and being your authentic self. This podcast is for you. This podcast is for you. Welcome to my tribe. Now, I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury of feliciaallisonbunbury.com. Again, welcome to another episode of the Unicorn Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're new, welcome. We are a community of women entrepreneurs who rebel against the status quo and who dare to create the businesses and lives of our dreams unapologetically. I'm building this Podcast and my business on six tenants. Um, If you want to learn more about the tenants, you can head over to FeliciaAlsanBunbury.com and get a little bit more of a deep dive on that. And on today's episode, I'm so excited to be talking about resiliency. 2020 has been a, um, a rough year with the pandemic, with the election, with people having to socially distance, with people having to either deal with job loss relational issues, balancing work and homeschooling, um, child care. An increase in stress usually means an increase in health issues, which also means an increase in anxiety, depression and suicide. All those things are up. And I felt called and very strongly in my spirit to do an episode about resiliency. Being resilient is something that people in my inner core circle such as my mom who's like my favorite person the best person I know hi mom and my best friends and my husband all have had conversations with me and, and tell me that you know one trait that they admire that I have cultivated and have is being resilient and it's something I think about because I often have conversations with various people about business about life about ideas. And some people aren't resilient and they want to know how to be resilient. And what I can tell you is you need resiliency to have quality of life. That I know for sure. Share a scripture with you. Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. I love this scripture. We all are going to fall. We all are going to get punched in the mouth by life. 100% is going to happen to anybody who lives any significant amount of time on this earth. And it's not fair, but it's a part of life. Life is not designed to be fair. And once you accept that, cultivate resiliency, that which is a unicorn trait, you will see your satisfaction and happiness level go up. Hard times are designed to teach us and help us grow. What if your setback is a setup for the comeback? What if, you know, in my personal life, after the storms, I've noticed that that, uh, the most beautiful experiences, the most opportunity for growth, the most uh, deepening of my relationship with God, a sharpening of my character, or enhancement of my character happens through some of the worst storms, through my dad suddenly passing away from a heart attack, through a past relationship falling apart suddenly, through bad diagnoses to people close to me just uppercutting. And some of these things have happened, bam, 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 back to back to back, or all at the same time. And it could be something as small as your check bouncing. It could be as something as big as being bullied. It can be any kind of vicious, unfair, evil, adversarial thing that that comes and punches us all in the face. But we need that bounce back. Now, I want to share a story with you guys about the fact that about a year and a half ago, I decided to start taking boxing lessons as a way to spice up my workouts and also I wanted to, I'm always fascinating, but I'm fascinated by some of the great boxers and I watched the documentaries and I think it's an amazing workout to get in great shape. So I got a boxing coach and I wanted to box at an actual boxing gym with the boys. <laughs> and I went to the gym and it was like, oh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say hole in the wall, but it was definitely a, a whole bunch of men, boys, big, gritty men, who were boxing and I wanted to box. And I you know, convinced one of the coaches who coaches and who's a former Golden Globe boxer himself and coaches, you know, whoever the welterweight champion is back there to give me some private lessons. And he's a big guy. And I, he's like, well, I can have you as one of the female trainers. And I said to him, I said, no, I want you. I want. And, and he was like, okay. And I was very fixated with wanting to get into the ring and spar because it just looks sexy. It's very hard. <laughs> and three minutes is a long time in the ring. I'll just say that. And we trained initially. He just trained me on technique and, you know, burpees and stamina and eventually got into the ring. And, you know, I was out of shape. I was tired. I was sparring with someone much more strong than I am I was out of my weight class literally he had more experience more expertise and for some reason I was not backing down that first time we were in the ring and uh which is like three four weeks into the training um and he is you know giving it you know giving me his blows and things like that I was just taking it to him. Now I was not, I'm not saying I was winning. And I'm not saying that he was giving me his best. I'm quite sure he was watering it down. But the point is, you know, I was do I was, you know, relying on my training. <laughs> you default to your level of training. I defaulted to the level of training. And he was just like fascinated by me. I didn't understand why at the time. And he just was like, you know, after we stopped the first couple of rounds, he had a broad somebody else to watch our sparring. And he was just like, have you done this before? I was like, no, <laughs> no, I have not done this before. And he was like, this is crazy. Like, he wanted to take videos and, and uh, put it on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And I said, it wasn't that I was so great. because I was very winded um, and all of that. He was fascinated because he said that everyone he has cha- trained, even the best boxers in the world, the first time they get in the ring and they spar, they're afraid to put the pressure on him, to bring the fight to him. They're afraid to box him into a corner. So when you're fighting, you, you, you want to move, so you want to continue to move, and you want to approach the person. If you're afraid of getting hit, then you will stay far away from the person, and you won't approach them. You may have observed this if you've ever seen boxing. He was fascinated that despite no experience, no expertise, I would not back down. And he he point blank asked me, he's like, Are you aren't you afraid of getting hit? And I paused and I thought about it and I said, I'm gonna get hit anyway. <laughs> I've accepted that because that's the nature of boxing. I understood and accepted that I'm going to get hit. So I made a decision not to be afraid of getting hit. And I made a decision to focus on hitting more so than being hit. And I think this is so apropos and appropriate for the episode we have. I said that I'm more concerned about hitting you first than you hitting me. And why this is so powerful and why why this is a good analogy for this episode is because bad things in life are like that hit that you're going to get no matter what. That is the nature of life. There are things we can control. And I chose to focus on what I can control. I was like, you know, I have to focus on getting him into the corner. I have to focus on blocking. I have to focus on, and I'm going to get it. I want to get him good. So you want to hit your problem. You want to bounce back. That's what resiliency is. You're gonna get hit, but are you gonna bounce back? Are you going to attack the problem? Are you going to corner the problem? Are you going to bob and weave? If you're a unicorn, which, if you're in the, within the sound of my voice, the answer is hell yeah, you will. You will. And that is the essence of what being resilient is about, is accepting. Life for what it is, and accepting that bad things happen, and accepting sometimes you're going to hit. The person might hit you with the Mike Tyson hit, life might hit you with that, or it might be something softer. But are you going to get up seven times if you have been hit down seven times? And are you going to attack the problem? Are you going to focus on what you can control? And are you going to hit that problem in the mouth and say, I am a child of God, okay? I am resilient and I am not afraid. That's my question for you, unicorns. That really, really is my question. And I thought about that. And I thought I wanted to share that with you guys. We do not back down. The problems will come. Unfortunately, the bad health report will come. The financial problem may come, such as being laid off, reduced hours, sudden death of a primary caregiver. Things of that sort will happen. Breakups. Uh, people talking about you, infertility, the list goes on and on. Dealing with someone who's suicidal, dealing with mental health issues yourself, dealing with low self-esteem. These things are going to happen. It happens to all of us. But if you cultivate resilience, you will be able to bounce back. You will be able to stay on course and achieve your goal. And I invite you to walk in your purpose. I invite you not to be afraid. I invite you to corner that problem and punch it in the mouth. I invite you to do that. Now, as I already stated, life comes with uncertainty, pain, and distraction. And to be a unicorn, you have to have a high capacity for discomfort and change. The more resilient you are, the better off you will be. Resiliency is defined in Webster's Dictionary as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. Now, the opposite of being resilient or resiliency is fragility. And the definition of fragility or to be fragile is easily broken. Now, when you're easily broken, you're constantly angry everything bothers you. You are an emotional wreck. You don't have the capacity to punch that problem in the mouth because you have accepted a victim role. You have chosen to be a victim potentially. And you don't want to be fragile because fragile people are people who live small lives. Fragile people are people who are often overcome by emotion and sadness sad people often suck up all the emotional space in the room. Now I'm not talking about if you have a mental illness and you are clinically depressed you need to get help that that is something different. Let me say that you need to go I w- was in relationship in the past that relationship has ended not my current marriage with someone who was struggling with severe depression. And only thing you can do if you have clinical depression is go get you a good psychotherapist, but therapist get get on medication and attack that problem like your life depends on it because it does. It does. Um, So when I say fragility, I just if anyone is listening to this and you have a clinical or chemical issue, we're not talking about that necessarily. We're just talking about normal Things happening in life, your capacity to bounce back, your capacity to not let that thing become your emotional state. Now, adversity doesn't discriminate. If you're alive, you will experience adversity as we established before. Now, I'm going to go through some ways that you can be more resilient. These are things that have worked for me. These are things that psychiatrists have researched, and it, it shows that People who do the following have a better quality of life because if you, we only have so much emotional space and a capacity and brain space and words even in a day. So if you are always preoccupied mentally with the unfair things that's happening, so if you're sitting in traffic and you're pissed off because someone cut you off and that's unfair, and then you're upset because... The guy you like is ghosting you, and you see he's posting a Snapchat with someone else, and that is unfair. And you are, you were passed up for a promotion at work, and that is unfair. And you are struggling with your weight, and everybody in your family is chubby, so you think it's, you know, genetics, and that is unfair. You were not born the right skin color, With the right features, whatever that is unfair, and now you are in a victim mentality, and you're in a thinking loop that's dangerous because you are owed nothing. (laughs) Everyone, even people who may appear to have the ideal life, they are going through their versions of adversity, unfairness, pain, grief, depression, etc., and What unicorns do, and this is so important to being an entrepreneur, because if you're not mentally resilient, you are not because you you're not going to be able to lead or be a good shepherd or CEO of a business. You're not going to be able to uh, manage the emotional issues or state of your staff. You're not going to be able to take the rejection that comes with the sales process. You're not going to be able to have the chutzpah to live your big, juicy life and start the business that you've been thinking about for the last 10 years. Start the podcast that's been in your spirit for the last two months. Ask the guy out that you like. You're not going to have enough self-esteem and self-worth to change your eating habits and work out. And keep your well full if you don't do these things, if you're not resilient, because you're going to be emotionally tapped out about how unfair life is and how sad you are because of the bad thing that happened. And you don't want to be that. You want to be a resilient, strong unicorn. So what I'm saying to be very clear is that you can have a good quality of life. You can execute your goals, and you can go through the adversities and the sadness. And yes, those things have to run their course, but you can walk and shoot gum. I personally went through a period of time where in a two-year period, my grandpa passed. Well, six months later, my, grand- my father suddenly passed away. Two months before that, my aunt passed away. Away. And after that, someone very close to me had a very bad cancer diagnosis, and I was tapped out emotionally. I ran to a therapist. I ran to a therapist, and I had sessions once a week and sometimes twice a week. And I did what I had to do because, you know, I could have sat there. That's actually the time I actually started my business around the time. And that's the time I started to really uh, study. Um, Business, study, mindset, study, uh, resiliency, and implement that. Because I understood these things, these hits are coming for me right now. And these hits may come for me again, but the next time these hits come for me, I'm going to have, you know, a roadmap of how to grieve. And I'm going to have a roadmap on how to deal with a bad diagnosis from someone very close to you. And I'm going to have a roadmap to deal with. And at the same time, that same period, guys, I had just moved from New York to Florida. So that's a whole nother transition. That's a whole nother um, not knowing anybody, not having a social circle. That's a whole nother culture shock. That, you know, I had to take the bar and I had to get barred here in Florida and so there was a difference. I was an attorney making six figures in, in New York. And then I came here and had to get regular, degular, regular jobs. <laughs> and I had big grown attorney bills. So it was also a financially trying time. And it was just sometimes there's a slew of things that happen at the same time. And is it fair that, you know, my father suddenly, you know, had a heart attack at only 63? Um, no. You know, and you <laughs> is it fair, you know, when other people's fathers lived into their 90s or whatever? No, it, it's not. But it happened. And I didn't become a victim. I didn't allow that to make me become an addict of some sort. I didn't make that cause me not to find adequate work. I didn't make that as an excuse to give up on my, because my dad wouldn't have wanted that. He was big, gregarious, and into living your biggest, juiciest life. And he wouldn't go for it. He would be very upset with me. So I'm just telling you, I know from firsthand experience how tough, unfair, and rough things can be. I really, truly do. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with the tools and tricks to help Unicorn Entrepreneurs level up their businesses. Now to increase revenue, add more zeros to your bank account, it's necessary to create, nurture, and convert your tribe. I've used several email service providers and I've discovered that ConvertKit is the best by far. They're flexible, easy to use, and they have amazing customer service. That's not all. ConvertKit makes it super easy to give out opt-ins or lead magnets. You can also add multiple lead magnets and forms to the same list, which is awesome. ConvertKit also makes it super easy to automate emails to your tribe. Want to sign up and support this podcast? Great. Go to the show description and double click the relevant link. Now back to the show. So here are some things that you can do to cultivate resiliency. And even if you have good results through this stuff that you have to practice it's something that's ongoing like maintaining weight it's not something that you just oh i'm good you have to intentionally practice these things number one (laughs) resilient people understand and accept that tragedy misfortune is a part of life and do not feel that it's unfair that a misfortune has occurred it doesn't discriminate They do not feel like a victim. They understand it's not why me, it's why not me. Number two, resilient people assess their circumstances objectively and they identify what the problem is and they identify if there is a tangible solution and they play out the worst case scenario. So what's the worst case scenario here, okay? And lots, oftentimes we don't even have to deal with the worst case scenario. So if you anticipate it, think about it and realize it's not that bad or that there's a solution, then you can move forward and bounce back much quickly. I always say, do not develop chicken little syndrome. Don't always have your sky falling. What I mean by that is some people have such a low tolerance for resiliency that everything is the end of the world. Their sky is always falling. So if someone cut them off, that's a big deal. You know, they're going into a bit of rage. If friends cancel plans, that's a whole one hour. Why does everyone hate me? Self-talk. That's toxic. If, you know, whatever, if if, if their boyfriend doesn't call them, he's cheating, the end of the world. So if you're a chicken little, if you know someone that's a chicken little, you need to share them, you need to share with them this episode. What needs to happen is that you need to have to cultivate a bigger capacity for resiliency. And because if you're not very resilient, that means you're. Fragile, And if you're fragile, everything affects you. You're hypersensitive to all things. You are consistently angry. You are consistently being treated unfair. You are consistently seeing the bad in things. You're consistently doing that. And that's not healthy. You want to have a heightened and big capacity for resiliency and not be fragile. Now, another thing resilient people do is intentionally choose to do things that take them out of their comfort zone. They do the uncomfortable thing, such as working out and eating right. <laughs> they ask for a raise, they start the business that's in their spirit. They ask the cute guy or girl out um, at the gym that they've been eyeing for months. They assert boundaries with family and friends. The thing you can do, like if you're someone, for example, that is afraid of public speaking, you can take a Toastmasters. You put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. You came out of your comfort and then you show, and then you realize, oh my goodness, this isn't the end of the world. I can do difficult things. And once you establish more trust with yourself, you will start doing more and more difficult things. For me, I'll give an example. When death is like, I think one of the worst things we can experience. So when my dad passed, I really was struggling, you know, with, you know, how it happens. And there's just no good way for someone to leave us. It's so hard. And what I did is in therapy, they actually walked me through tools. And it's really a shifting of the mindset. So how about instead of, oh my God, my dad suddenly died and it's unfair. He's not going to walk. He's not going to be at my wedding. He's not going to meet his grandchildren. I'm not going to get to hear his voice again. And that's very painful. I still have my moments and it's okay that it's painful because it just means that I love him very much. It's, I'm, I'm happy I got to know my dad. Some people don't know their father at all. I'm glad that my dad was in my life. I'm glad that I had him for the 29, almost 30 years. It was literally one day before my 30th birthday when he passed. I'm happy. I'm happy for what I got. Thank you for assigning him to me and me to him and that I had that experience instead of going into the stinking thinking of, it's not fair. This other person's father does all these bad things and he saw, you know, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you. So if something doesn't serve you, don't do it. Ask yourself, is this serving me? Is sitting here having a pity party serving me? Is sitting here gossiping for hours about how the universe is conspiring against me serving me? And if you're doing things that are not serving you, and you're doing things that actually play into you being fragile, then you need to check that. You need to be honest about that. You need to check that. That goes back to the objectivity that we talked about already um, a little bit before. Another thing resilient people do is control your controllables. You guys hear me say, control your controllables and pray about everything else. What I mean is, focus on what you can control, objectively assess how have you contributed to the problem, okay? How have you contributed to this problem that you may have? And it's very simple. Once you identify those behaviors, then avoid the behaviors that contribute to your failure and your pain. So let's say unfair things happen to you. And then as a result, so let's say someone had a death in the family or post-death, a sudden death. But as a result of that, stop going to work. As a result of that, started drinking heavily. As a result of that, not taking care of themselves. So now there's a thing that happened that is unfair. It's unthinkable. It's hurtful. That's no fault of your own. You're engaging in behaviors that are compounding the problem. You are engaging in behaviors that are now making things even worse. So what you can control in that hypothetical that I presented is don't drink. Don't not go to work unless you have millions and you're a trust fund baby. Don't start treating people crappy. Say, okay. Like we said earlier, Jack Lee says, I am in grief. I am not handling it well. I need to find a therapist. I need to get my mental health in order. That would be something that serves you versus becoming an alcoholic or sleeping around and not caring or whatever bad behavior that you are doing as a result of the unfair thing that happened. Don't do it. Stop. So, you have to be objective. I think it's so important to have a practice where at least one hour a day you are spending time with you, with no TV, with no husband, with no puppy, or uh, with no one, with no podcast. And you are really either through journaling or uh, sometimes I find that I like to journal. Sometimes if I'm not in the writing mood, I would just record. It might seem odd. I would, you know, the recorder on the phone, I have an iPhone just record and just sort of dump all the thoughts in your head and look at each thought objectively and see how rational it is. Everything floating around in your head is not rational or true. <laughs> I'm sorry to break the you, And not everything floating around in your head is rational or true. And sometimes I'll have a thought and I'm like, all right, support this with objective evidence counselor. And I can't, so it's thinking thinking, and I'm just like, okay, I need to fix this. I need to replace it with a healthier thought. So in the example I gave, and if you're had a grief situation or a divorce, which is like a death, or someone broke up with you, feels like a death. And as a result, for example, you start drinking heavily, stop not taking care of yourself, not going to work. If you, if the thought in your head is, oh well, it's unfair, you know, this person passed away. I love them. Then you really have to really, what's the evidence? Everyone passes away. That's an objective thought. It's it's the truism. Everyone goes through grief. So it's not unfair. It's actually part of the human experience. So that thought isn't true. It's not serving you. Replace it with a new one. The new one I replaced it with was I'm so glad I got the 29, 30 years that I did. I'm so glad that I had a relationship with my dad. I'm so glad that I have stories and videos to share with the grandkids and my husband who, have, you know, obviously didn't meet him because I met my husband years after he passed. So focus on the good. Replace those funky thoughts. And the final thing you can do to be more resilient and what resilient people do is engage in radical self-care. If your well isn't full, I'm going to just keep it real with you. You are a boss. You are a unicorn. You are one of one. Okay. You are a limited edition. You are of all, you know, the sperm, the millions that were racing to the egg, you're the one that got there. And you made it through the whole pregnancy process, and you can. You are a fighter and you are a winner from the beginning of time. And you are here, and it's a miracle that you're here, that you're live during this time, that you are privileged to where you can actually listen to a podcast. There's so many things to be grateful for. There's so many things to to boss up and be resilient about. But if you don't engage in self-care, it's because you have low self-esteem. I'm going to go ahead and just keep it 100 with you. I'm just going to be authentic. And we all and it's OK. I've had, had times where I've struggled with self-esteem because let me tell you how you can tell when you're struggling with self-esteem. You're not or self-worth. You're not engaging in radical self-care. You have to love yourself and treat yourself well for you to be there for anybody else. For You to be there for your team members, for you to be there with your church family. for you to even be there for a puppy, fish, dog, plant, friend group. Okay, for you to be there, really there, it's a true gift to give people your best self. And it's not selfish to engage in radical self-care. It's actually necessary in order to be resilient, because if you're not taking care of yourself, it's because your self-esteem is low. If your self-esteem is low, it's because you're thinking it's stinking. And stinking thinking is associated with being fragile. So it's anti-resiliency. So we have to really extrapolate that. Engage in self-care. Tell yourself and prove to yourself that you love yourself. Okay, that means sleeping, getting adequate amount of sleep. That means eating food that's healthy for your body. That means working out at least thirty minutes a day. That means creating boundaries for toxic people. That means being impeccable with your word. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And that means having the guts to go for your dreams because this life is finite. And our time is limited. and You have to go for your dreams. You have to show yourself that you love yourself, that you believe in yourself, that you're not fragile, that you have resiliency and that you have what it takes. My mom has a friend, uh, Miss Benita, and I love it. She's from, I believe, Congo in Africa. And she said, if anyone has done it, there is a blueprint. You can do it. Boom. Drops mic. (laughs) Drops mic. So that concludes our episode. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hang out with you guys again next week. Let's go get them, unicorns. Want to be a part of a community of amazing women unicorns crushing it in life and business? Then head over to our private Facebook community, The Unicorn Entrepreneur. It's free and fabulous. The benefits are plentiful. Community of thinking women, access to me. And if you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the podcast, we continue some of those conversations and we deep dive. We look forward to serving you. Let's go get them, unicorns.